I'm Alex Melia, and this is Our Voices on Climate Change, a stage for real people to tell the real stories we never get to hear. In this series, we hear impassioned stories from those dedicating their lives to help our planet. If you'd like more people to hear these stories, please share this episode with a friend. In today's episode, you'll hear the story of how a series of serendipitous moments led to the drastic career change of a young comedian. I could see dogs on the street that were just like not having it. They did not want to be outside. It felt like the sign of the apocalypse. This is Raleigh. He's a comedian from Colorado. He moved to New York a few years ago to pursue a career in comedy. I wasn't like killing it or anything, but I was doing okay. Raleigh was getting plenty of gigs. Soon enough, a new opportunity presented itself. A little theater in Brooklyn had an open time slot and asked me to perform a show of some kind. Raleigh didn't quite know yet what to make the show about. So in search of inspiration, he wandered into a bookshop and was perusing the shelves when he came across a book by Al Gore based on his documentary, An Inconvenient Truth. I picked it up as a joke. I was like, oh, Al Gore is talking about climate change again. We get it. It's happening. You know, it's like very laissez-faire. So I thought it'd be funny if he did a, like an inconvenient truth to listen up, you fugly dipshits. We really are blowing it here. We got to do this thing. And maybe Al Gore would be drunk or like a little bit of a sexy older man kind of character. He performed this stand-up show in Brooklyn until it got picked up in Manhattan, where it morphed into more of a talk show. I played Al Gore, kind of a strung out, I told you so kind of guy. And I would have comedians from SNL and Comedy Central and Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. And, you know, these sorts of comics would come on. And then to kind of round it out, I would invite a real climate scientist to come on the show. And I would interview them as Al Gore in person, kind of do bits with them and riff. And it was really fun. And I had a great time. To prepare for these shows, Rolly would spend hours reading the latest articles and research on climate change just because I needed the topical material for jokes. He became very familiar with the material. And after about a year of this show happening, it just became so clear to me that this is a big, big problem. One particular talk show sticks in his mind. As usual, he spoke to a climate scientist in the last segment of the show. And he had a bunch of graphs that he was going through in his presentation. And I remember looking up at these graphs and just realizing that I needed to go all in on climate change. So I uh, dropped everything, I quit my job, I went to Columbia. He studied for a master's degree in climate science and policy. While studying for this degree, he set up the Climate Town YouTube channel, where he uses comedy to explain climate change concepts, such as carbon offsetting. I'll let Raleigh explain. There's a company and they want to pollute 400 million tons of carbon dioxide, And so they'll go ahead and do that, and then they'll pay a company that might have wanted to pollute that much. They'll pay them to not do the thing that was going to pollute. And so in their head, that means that they didn't pollute at all. Carbon offsets are a lot like cheating on your wife, where we know we shouldn't cheat on our wives. But if we really want to cheat on our wives, companies have developed a way where they just cheat on their wife, and then they pay somebody else not to cheat on their wife and say, that's uh, not cheating on my wife. And to extend the metaphor, like every scientist in the world is telling us we need to stop cheating on every wife before our wife burns our house to the ground. 
Explaining concepts like this in a funny and engaging way helped Climate Town reach over 100,000 subscribers. Climate change can get super goddamn boring. It really can. Like, it's a lot of charts and a lot of regression equations and a lot of modeling, like computer modeling. And it's not that fun. And I think what I'm trying to do is make it a little more fun so that people will want to get into it a little more. Rolly's learned a lot of lessons since he performed his original iteration of his Al Gore stand-up show. I am not here to say that like everything I ever did was really funny. I think a lot of stuff didn't resonate with people. And one interpretation of that could be that, oh, climate change is just not that funny. But the other interpretation was that people felt lectured at. And people are not going to laugh when they feel lectured at. I think this is an important lesson that I learned from those stand-up gigs that like, I need to frame it in a way that bypasses people's I'm being talked down to filter because I don't want to talk down to people. Like, people are smart. Soon after graduating from his master's, the reality of climate change displayed itself all over New York City. If you walked out in the middle of the day, it was, you know, like a summery day, but the sky was actually orange. Like, it was a hazy orange day, as if there was a forest fire one city over. It was very alarming. My roommate has a dog and the dog was like shivering and shaking. I could see dogs on the street that were just like not having it. They did not want to be outside. It felt like the sign of the apocalypse. Many New Yorkers assumed there must have been a forest fire nearby, but this wasn't the case. There was a fire in California and the winds had blown the smoke and soot and ash all the way over to New York. And a lot of New Yorkers, I think, intellectually know that climate change is a problem, but a lot of us feel that, oh, we're living in a big walled garden of a city. You know, it's a concrete jungle. Nothing's going to get us. But I think that day was pretty impactful on a lot of people in New York, where people started to realize, like, this is not a thing we can dodge. Climate change is coming for us. And we slept on it for a while. Like, we were pretty complacent. So many people were affected. It really hit home. In that particular fire, my friend Kylie's grandfather's house burned down. My friend Michael's parents' house burned down. Like, these are people that are just like friends of mine who happen to be from California. And now their families are now thrown into disarray because of this fire. It affects someone you know. It affects you personally. These are things that are going to just keep getting more and more frequent as the years go on. Rolly often feels frustrated and angry at the situation the world is in. This is a thing that we've known about since 1988. 1988 is when NASA scientist Dr. James Hansen testified in front of Congress that global warming was happening and it was caused by us. Altogether, this evidence represents a very strong case, in my opinion, that the greenhouse effect has been detected and it is changing our climate now. It's like been a problem that we have just consistently not dealt with. It's easy to see the forest fire and feel helpless. And luckily, like having gone back to grad school, I see the forest fire and I feel helpless, but I also know that like, oh, there are some ways that we as citizens can activate around this and potentially help move the needle a little bit. It's easy to just think about climate change as an abstract concept, but as the climate is devastating more and more individual people, which it will continue to at an increasing rate, I think we're going to see a lot more people 
recognizing the scale of the problem because it affects them. To conclude, I asked Rolly how he's feeling about the state of the world at this current moment in time. It's a constant struggle between having a lot of hope and being just depressed that we've let it get too far and now we're kind of riding it into the ground. But I think most days and most times I feel galvanized and optimistic that we as people can come together and put the policy changes we need through. Putting a price on carbon and going all clean electricity and having a clean electricity standard. And it seems like those things are a little bit farther away than I was hoping, but they're not off the table. Rolly's unique approach to climate change could really help to break through to an audience which has so far remained untouched. If we're honest, not many of us would say that we regard climate change as a sexy topic. As a result, it's something we may subconsciously try to ignore. But, as Rolly says, the effects of climate change are making this less and less possible. If we can be encouraged to engage with this issue and feel interested, even entertained while doing so, surely that will help to increase our motivation to become part of a change for good. Rolly went from comedian to climate change activist. What sort of transformation could his approach spark in the thousands of subscribers who follow him, as well as you, the listener of today's episode? If you want to keep in touch with the show and be the first to find out what's coming up next, go to our website, www.ourvoicespodcast.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. The links are in the show notes. And if you haven't already, give us a quick follow in your favorite podcast app. See you for another incredible story next week.